Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. I'm Chris Pitzer. Today we're going to look at the Monster Society of Evil, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, uh, this collection that's kind of hard to find for various reasons that we'll get into as we dive in. Before I do, I want to invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button and you'll be notified when we post a new video. This will help mitigate the kayfabe effect. You'll be the first ones to uh, be on the hunt for whatever weird comic book we are introducing you to. It'll give you a leg up on your eBay searches, your uh, local comic shop hunts, and uh, hopefully you'll find that book before it disappears or soars in value. And uh, stick with these videos through the end because that'll help YouTube uh, populate That'll help YouTube share the video with uh, other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. And that is one of the main ways we grow Cartoonist Kayfabe, the channel. So we appreciate your help with that. But we are here today to dive into Captain Marvel, one of the most popular superheroes of the Golden Age. And uh, this is a remarkable story in that this is one of the first big serialized stories, a graphic novel, if you will, that ran 25 issues or so, about two years in the early 1940s through through Captain Marvel and um, pretty unusual at that time. It, this is a, and also this is a pretty rare book. I found out about this book, I believe, from Dean Haspiel on some message board, maybe the Comics Journal. So it got on my radar, and it would be years later until I would find an affordable copy. It's one of those things too, though. Visiting the ad house, uh, checking out your your um, bookshelves, immediately jumped out because I just assumed I would never find, uh, never see this book. Um, it sort of has legendary status for being that early serialized comic, and also, um, you know, there are very clear reasons why they would like you to to forget uh, entire sections of it. Yeah, yeah we'll it's try a time to period. Focus on the positives, and uh, the book is really nicely designed. I linger here on the end pages because, like, instant origin kind yep. of stuff or setup in three panels, <laughs> and looks great. If you don't, if you can't tell at home, this book is quite oversized. I'd say a standard comic book about this this large. So you're looking at maybe one and a half times uh, the size of a typical comic book. And they take advantage of that, you know, like money shot right away. Once again, there's your setup. Speak the name Shazam. This is what you turn into. Pretty, pretty good uh, use of the size of this book. So good on Mike Higgs for making this happen. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of nice looking pages as we, as we go through. Um, you'll see that at home. And um, Chris, one of the things you noted when we were talking about this, published in England. Right, because this would be licensed from DC Comics. And is does this only happen because they are not in the US? Could an American company have made this book? It's an interesting question. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's an answer. It's just, it's one of the things I thought of. And then it's also printed in Belgium, which is, you know, and very limited. Yeah, a, an expensive book to begin with, to uh, only do 3,000 of them. I don't know, it's surprising because I feel like there would have been a wider market. Like, again, at one point, way more popular than Superman. So, you know, the fact that they're so interested in uh, in the late 80s suggests that, yeah, there might have been a little bit of a bigger market out there. They said something about it, like uh, two, two, two million copies a month at, at its height, sometimes three. Slim pickings on my Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're going to see just how popular this is as we uh, get into this intro material, this background. You can see spinning out into like the, the Marvel family mm -hmm. and uh, other books that were coming out of it. Shouts to Mac Rayboy. If you like the one, you'll love the three. 
Yes, exactly. In classic comics, right? We're going to exploit the hell out of this property. If people are buying it, everybody, keep giving them books. Everybody says that uh, the serials... I, I posed the question before, like, what are the good serials? Because uh, they, they all are these, like, you know, hacky, formula-ridden things. Uh, everybody says the Captain Marvel one is probably, like, one of the better serials that came out. Right here. This turned out to be one of the best serials ever produced for the Saturday matinee crowd. Better say that in a Captain Marvel book. Mm -hmm. That's true. That, that may be a little kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> but the interesting part about the serials is how it leads into this kind of almost different comic book storytelling. Serialized comic storytelling. Right. It's something we really don't see much of before this. Don't see much of it right after either. It takes a while before that becomes the norm. But uh, that is one of those ties. You know, you got to imagine the serials start to influence that idea of like, let's let's make this an ongoing story. And, and I mean, Jesus... They jumped in head first. It wasn't like, let's do a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a 25-parter. How long could it last? Yeah, issues, you know, run, run through issues uh, 22 to 46. So pretty ambitious and, uh, yeah, hit the ground running with this idea of ongoing story. Fawcett was as off-registration as, like, Charlton Comics of, like, the 70s. Yeah, I don't know what their background was if they were, you know printing in some other way. I think it's just all comics maybe at that time period were off register. I had very late period Fawcett uh, publications too, like uh, I think some comics, but they would also do weird things. I think like um, crossword puzzles and stuff like that. Just like Dell, like you'll see Dell crosswords and stuff. Let's jump back to the intro for just a sec to point out the fact that this is a UK book. Um, Captain Marvel was being published in the UK. And then we have the legal battle between DC and Fawcett over is Captain Marvel based on Superman? And because of that and other factors, Fawcett starts to decline further and further until they're no longer making content. So what does this UK publisher do? Creates his own Captain Marvel, Marvel Man. Yes. That becomes Miracle Man. You're right. And just so caught up in the legal <laughs> yeah, wranglings right. and entanglements, just a, just a big old headache. Yeah, it's incredible to think about the legacy of that character stretching back this far uh, and still ongoing today. <laughs> Man, that's funny. And here we go. Nod to the serials, right? Like You're we're right, seeing yeah, the screen yeah. right from the very introduction of, that, yeah. of this story. Thrilling new serial. Monster Society of Evil. It's fun to see the C.C. Beck Golden Age art as well. You know, you can almost see how appealing this stuff is. Like to me, this age is really well when we think of like Superman maybe not performing quite as well at this time. That feels like something that I still find attractive in terms of cartooning. Such a good idea, too, man. It's, this is this is a, a boy's market, and to have a boy turn into the big muscle head. Do you think this is just a damaged comic? And they just, it just goes to white? That's odd. I, I really I have like, no idea, because it looks like your ink is uh, edged out there. There yeah. may have been text there that hmm. I have no idea why they would have removed some sort of sponsor or something. Although, at this point, it's an archival edition. I don't know why you would take that out. Yeah, yeah something unusual there. But look at your lettering already. You know, Sir for surprint lettering. Early 40s, like you're, you're surprinting and you're doing stylized lettering on top of it. And look at how much you you better have gave yourself, given yes. yourself a lot of border because <laughs> that, that magenta plate is the one that is off register in a big way on this mm -hmm. page. So that could have been real bad. Where actual like story content is and obscured. I think they might all be off. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm saying blue shooting up this way. <laughs> you can see they overprint colors too, and that's the exact reason why. You can see that red overprinting into the black ink around him. 
we were talking about different um, artists that we see in these pages, you know, the Fletcher Hanks and the Basil Wolvertons, the Golden Age stuff, and I think a lot of that is just prevalent. You know what it is, I think, is good cartooning. Well, I guess that's You know, it, if you yeah. list a few that are pretty good, you'll see They're some of that good, commonality. Yeah. Love all of these kind of shapes. And again, you know, just putting your, your captions and your lettering and announcements in these kinds of not typical word balloons or caption boxes, pretty inventive. And I think that's a big part of like, how do you appeal to 2 million readers a month? You gotta be hitting on several fronts and, and effectively. Yeah, it's a good, you know, thriller. We don't know who Mr. Mind is. All we see are these electronic, you know, messages that come through speakers. <laughs> don't they know? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great two panels, back and forth. Again, with the cartoony language, though, you see a lot of these little little flourishes. I mean, just this. That's, this that, is funny, too, that, um, is this Captain Nazi or whoever he is? He yep, gets Captain the, Nazi. He, he gets the Very ability, original name. ability to fly, but he's got to sniff this stuff out of a test tube to do it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the pieces that uh, continues to this day in comics, right? <laughs> Take this drug. You'll be great. Speaks to that World War II era too, you yeah. know, Nazis. Um. <laughs> Look at the gaudy furniture. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't notice that on my read. I love that it's just like a like a, a lounge chair too. Totally. It's not like a throne or something <laughs> from Levin Brothers or whatever. It's ridiculous. Mister Mind seems like a great concept too for a character who is basically invulnerable, super strong. Of course, that's what you you do. What's the your weakness? Got to yeah, outsmart the guy. Yep. Yeah. And he and he does seem like a big doofus. <laughs> Big yeah. red cheese. Even yeah. whenever you see people doing like, um, you know, breaking down superhero genre tropes, I feel like that's one that continues to this day. Mm -hmm. The idea of like, oh, the villain, you know, with the big brain, the big head. Great lettering. That's it. It's attractive cartooning. You know, that, that part of it, the design part of it holds up all these years later. It's another part, I think, of where you get success on that level. And it also speaks to it doesn't cost more to do a good looking page. Do you know, is this villain brought back in modern times at all? Because I, I wasn't familiar with him. It's, is it Ibak? Is that his name? Mm. Yeah, Ibak. Uh, yeah, they can't hear us on now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just wondering if like Jeff made mention in his series. All right. Yeah, we got to do Jeff Smith's run. Yeah, it could be, could be a good follow-up depending how this video performs. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, speaks again to, I think, connecting to your audience. Like, Billy Batson's such a perfect... We often talk about how you have these young young characters to try to identify with the young reader, and it can go very wrong, but uh, not in this case. Yeah, it's like he changes back, soldier points a gun, I'm reporting on the war, <laughs> don't shoot. And then he's hanging out, telling, bringing all the guys up to speed. You know? The lightning bolt transition, too, is one of my favorites. We see so many, like I've even flagged a couple of the lightning bolt things. Uh, you know, to point out just because I think they make attractive comic panels. So I know nothing about Ibac, but this is his transformation. Flames. <laughs> and he turns not into Not seaweed? No, not seaweed. And he turns into this like Pipsqueak guy. And that gets his name, Pipsqueak, maybe. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not seeing it right now. Well look. Shazam, Ibac. Flip the page. <laughs> Flames and lightning. <laughs> Boom. Z That's amazing. <laughs> And just ridiculous sight gags. <laughs> Crash. He's just holding a steering wheel as he keeps going. Didn't have a seatbelt on, apparently. <laughs> Fun cartooning, though, once again. That's a guy running full out. Yeah, I say that because you never, times. ever see it. Like, yeah. we don't do this cartooning anymore. It's like it's, it's become an obsolete part of the language. 
It's like the horse where all the you know hooves are off the ground. Your transition back. Yeah. It's so funny that they go with green for the flame. Oh, gotta go against red. Oh yeah, there's his name. Slinky Print Whistle. <laughs> That's Ibac's secret identity. Yeah, it nice. is a little little weenie weenie name. Getting into some of the uh, some of the reason this is a little more problematic, you know, talk about these comics that were produced at uh, at the time, you know, early '40s, and uh, you can find a lot of examples of, of this kind of racism in comics from that era. Um, possibly the reason it's not reprinted, and and probably the reason it's not reprinted. Yeah. So the amazing thing to me is, as we mentioned earlier, is the idea that this goes on for over two years that's just wild like you would think you would risk like your readership swapping out you know aging out it's that weird thing too so like you know these these magazines are 64 pages silhouette. right and it would be like little 10 page doses or something so it's not like you know 20 64 page books it's the these these magazines were jam-packed with yeah. stuff so you could take a flyer on a story and they're all anthologies so anthologies work that way every comic doesn't work. So this is like, you know, testing the waters. If you don't like this one, maybe you like one of the 10 other stories in the issue. Man, I always think of uh, Kniff when I think of like the snow, mm -hmm. snow covered mountains and stuff. And you got to wonder like, is that influencing this stuff? You know, are you looking at the other most popular comics around and, and drawing some inspiration? But the I love city, this page. The glacier is eating the city. It's up. beautiful, you know, like for a splash page. It's just awesome. Good color. Uh, People fleeing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of storytelling going on in that too. And you know, this is the beauty of the comic too. Every chapter, he's going somewhere else. He's in, you know, Egypt, Africa. One of the issues did say uh, Captain Marvel goes to Pittsburgh. Oh, no way. Yeah. We didn't flag that. <laughs> That's what we needed to, to call out, man. That should have been the in focus the of the episode. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, I didn't figure we would go nah, through, like, page it's a by big page. Serial, yeah. But I did just highlight a couple of things. And one of them is, I just love, like... The beauty of the yeah. the cartooning, the compositions, it's it's sparse but attractive. And you see like of the time, you know, this idea of technology progress, the big the big skyscrapers is a is a sign of that. And I love all the transitions. Sometimes I wonder if part of this character's appeal is how smart this dev graphic device is for getting to be Captain Marvel. Because it looks good every time it shows up. Kids loved it, man. And speaking of uh, of the cereal, <laughs> the mind worms, <laughs> hordes of worms. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. I'm, I'm probably not giving away too much on a uh, 70 year old story. <laughs> so one of Mr. the uh, mind? Yeah, one of, Mr. Mind is a worm. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! One of the classic sequences of this story, right? Is, this is, uh, yeah, this is my memory of you all visiting Richmond, pulling this book out and laughing at this sequence of pages where Mr. Mine, you know, um, something's going on. There's a rocket heading to, towards Earth to destroy it. And um, Captain Marvel's like, okay, I got you. What do I do with you? I'm going to shove you down my pants. <laughs> Quiet piss squeak. That looks like, uh, well, it doesn't look good. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. Surprising, uh, you know, th this is a pre-code comic. <laughs> so you can shove worms down your pants what and fly around. <laughs> and it's, like, it's not going well. Coochie coochie. <laughs> What's your weakness? You're ticklish. <laughs> How much does this sequence call to mind like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns? You know, it's a, it's a warhead heading towards Russia to, you know, destroy the, the Earth, essentially, uh -oh. and uh, stopping it short. Page Turner. He's going to get a deluxe tickle. <laughs> Sweating. 
<laughs> it's great comics language. I always think of uh, like Popeye as being one of the great strips for just the comics visual language flying around and animating characters, but that kind of animation is here. Then we got some bondage going on. <laughs> Time in a knot. <laughs> and again, every one of these chapter headers are fantastic. You know, it's like they figured out the formula. And it, it probably does come from the serials, because I imagine that they were promoting those each week with like new big graphics, something attractive, and it's like, yeah, let's make the most of this. Interesting the evolution of these splash pages. Like we talked, you know, we looked at Jack Cole a couple of weeks ago and how evolved those splash pages are. Everybody thinks of Will Eisner's spirit splash pages. And Ed, you just bought a bunch of coverless books, and those splash pages are always fantastic from the 60s and 70s. Um, there's such an evolution of that. It's almost a second cover. Exactly. Exact purpose, man. Cartoonist Kayfabe is sponsored by the comic books Ed Piscor and I make. If you want to support Cartoonist Kayfabe, pick up our comics and books wherever you buy them. Starting with Red Room, the Antisocial Network, Season 1 of Ed's Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Trigger Warning, Season 2 is now in stores everywhere. This is Issue number 1, Issue 2 also available, Issue 3 coming next month. And uh, available wherever you buy comics, except for banned in seven comic stores. Uh, hopefully that number's not rising, but you never know. Well, you know what? The cool thing about it rising is that the bigger comic shops heard about that stuff, tripled their orders, man. <laughs> nice. WYSIWYG, A History of Computer Hacking. X-Men Grand Design, the Grand Design that started them all, including Hulk Grand Design. Can't wait Three to see oversized volumes of this available. Can't wait to see what your cover looks like when you put yours together, Jimmy. And Hip Hop Family Tree, a history of hip hop available in four treasury-sized editions or two beautiful box sets. You can pick up my latest book wherever comics are sold, Hulk Grand Design Monster. This is in comic shops everywhere now with some beautiful variant covers, a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, and coming in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness, with uh, also some beautiful cover choices here by Ed McGinnis and Jeff Darrow, as well as my cover. Again, the 60-year history of the Hulk distilled down into two very dense uh, oversized issues. Plain Janes, the first young adult comic graphic novel here in America by Cecil Castellucci and me. And Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, which just went out of print from Image Comics, Ed. If you guys at home see Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive on your comic shop shelves, pick it up because it is no longer available for order. But the original Street Angel hardcover, oversized, uh, these are kind of like director's cuts, almost like artist editions. I think they're the nicest books ever designed. These are all still available from the publisher. You can get them wherever books are bought and sold. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. And I flagged some of this later sequence. I don't know whether this is a cartoonist that's continuing to, you know, evolve and get better or not, but it, there's just some fun sequences here as we uh, And it's also towards the end, 21, chapter 21, and what was it, 25? 25. Yeah, quite a run. Now we're into eight-panel grids. You know, you get towards the end, and you got to wrap this stuff up. <laughs> You're starting to get, like, bogged down with the amount of story. And the device of the exposition through a newspaper headline, that's been with comics from the get-go. You could find examples of that probably even in, in today's current stuff. CC Beck, one of the one of the guys who, uh, because of fo the popularity of the comic uh, and the overextension of what was required from him, a lot of ghosts uh, on on the works, man. So uh, the the bookkeeping is dicey. You know, you can't say that this is uh, CC Beck definitively. Sure. And when you start to see such such a drastic departure, either he got 
real good real fast or somebody else came in to do a little heavy lifting it's a good point and you can really see it on display like we jump ahead you know a year there in that last page turn and it's like oh yeah stylistically we're seeing a lot of different stuff here he would always do the captain marvel the faces face. yeah. at least man so like this is not the same ink line as that a little red room not yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, couple of couple of heads being knocked off on these pages once again pre uh, pre comics code, but very fun cartoon characters. This is stuff I would imagine I would have still enjoyed whenever I was six or seven, getting hold of this and just having these kinds Absolutely. of like creatures flying around. You know, Booty Rogers is another name that comes to mind when it you see, see weirdness like this. Yeah, I would love to have like a like a chart with all these guys and where they cross paths. You know, whether it was in studios or as assistants, because it does look like somebody. A lot of Fletcher Hanks in some of these designs. Absolutely. See the more stylized your transitions, because again, nice. Our, our storytelling is getting more complex. We don't have room to do a one sixth of the page for a lightning bolt. So it makes me wonder. I guess they threw this black panel in, right, for this edition. It wouldn't have been on the original. Or I think. I, I think it's. Uh, I think this is an edition. There would right? never have been full yeah. bleed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good choice. I, I think it's a tasteful presentation. It's just like in these panels when there's black and it kind of you know just fades to it. It this is a good gang choice. of alligator-headed bad guys. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Some of these elements do remind me of the Jeff Smith story. You know, some of the the talking animals and stuff that mm -hmm. are interacting. And pretty short chapters. You know, like like here we are. We flipped through two chapters. It looks like they're they're. Uh, I don't know if it's a deadline issue or what, but you know, imagine your 64-page book and you're getting six pages or something of this. I feel like it, you know, the, because there were bigger chapters at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think it was more a headline feature, and then it starts to get yeah. to the back page. Lose yeah, popularity. Could be. Um, I like this character as part of why I flagged this here at the end, like and especially pop. like going pretty hardcore for <laughs> what looks like very much a kid's comic. It's going to ba back alley street fight match. He, he has him gagged. That's why he can. Oh. <laughs> Snagged it right off him by mistake. See, the weapon was his undoing. Mm. It got caught on one of the spikes whenever he uh, when he feigned. And that's the that's no doubt the end of that guy. It's funny because you see the follow up of like the spikes bend whenever they whenever they hit the square jaw of Captain Marvel. So it is interesting that that these last several chapters all go to that eight panel grid. It makes you wonder like maybe that's why we don't see a repeat of these big long serials for for a long time. Early attempt at a graphic novel and, and fizzles out towards the end. Just words, words, words. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to kind of wrap up the book, because I do think it's a really nice design, having uh, cover gallery features for some of your end pages. But what about the story, Jim? They're going to execute him. <laughs> they do. What do they do? They fry the little guy, and then they, they taxidermy him. <laughs> hey, but no. wait, but no. wait. What's it say, Jim? Help Wanted. Fans, this is your magazine, and we need your help in making it as good as possible. Would you please answer the questions below and paste the slip on a penny postcard <laughs> and mail it to us? You know what, though? I, it reminds me of manga and how they do surveys of every single issue of their fans. Like, maybe we have a better industry if they'd have kept this up. But also, we talk all the time about, we just want your address. Yeah. Send us your address, either as a fan or join the fan club. Maybe send us your address and a couple of, couple of cents with it. Well, they're but, asking, uh, do you want Mr. Mind to come back? Or is he dead? Yeah, it's before Danny O'Neill came up with that uh, Jason Todd Robin gimmick. Do you like cereals? Mm. That's, that's the original uh, 900 number. Yeah. 
It's yeah. fun stuff. A lot of uh, you know your fan interaction, and and I bet you. I bet they received quite a few responses. And the people who sent in those responses then got uh, junk mail. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Man, I'd love to see those. I wonder, have you ever come across that in any fan fanzines or anything? I'd be curious if uh, if anybody not. out there has info on that, because it's, it's a weird piece of comics history for sure. In each of these covers, you'll see the little bits where it's like, goes to Minneapolis. But if you flip the page real quick, we got a uh, visits Pittsburgh right here. And I see I do see a little steel. We call this fan service, right? Yeah, oh, totally, <laughs> totally. And, and you know, like Pittsburgh certainly would have been uh, a top metropolis, like back in those days, man. When you know, post Andrew Carnegie and all that. Yeah, that's so funny. In this issue, Captain Marvel visits another city. It's uh, it's Denver, you know, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, distinct uh, Kodak, distinct part of this. Like. Oklahoma City. They chose all the wrong cities. <laughs> I feel like this is uh, the wrestlers that come out and say how happy they are to be in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very nice book, though, man. What a what a design. It's um, hard to find, Chris. It, you know, that's the reason we pulled it off the shelf when we yeah. came to visit. It's 3,000 copies is not a lot. It's not. And probably, uh, you know, won't be reprinted anytime soon. Uh, comics history, man. Definitely. Good stuff. Chris. Uh, f first comic graphic novel? Serial. Uh, <laughs> Serial? <laughs> Chris, why don't you drop a plug, man, before we get out of here? Adhousebooks.com. Okay, favors like follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster number one is in comic shops everywhere right now. Hulk Grand Design Madness number one will be in comic shops everywhere the end of April. It's a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk in two double-sized issues. So pick those up and put them in your pull box if you haven't done so already. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one and two on the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Banned in 26 countries, banned in seven comic shops. But they'll still get it for you if you ask nicely and know the secret handshake. Uh, you can read these comics on my Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Three bucks for the archive there. More than 200 pages worth of comics up there as we speak. And hit up my link tree in the description below this video to get to all those destinations. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel and keep these videos rocking, man. Give, give those marching orders out. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.